Yes. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. We're really glad that you guys are here. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the, the campus pastor here. And we are starting a new Christmas series called Painting a Bright Future. And if you look at the program, you'll see the series image there, and it definitely is, is bright. And we're going to be talking about how a relationship with Jesus Christ and the fact that he was born and he came on this earth, how that actually transforms uh, the life that we can live here and now and how the life that we can live here and now can actually extend into a, a better and a brighter future for us and for our family. And this actually impacts uh, generations. But anytime we talk about Christmas, there's a sense in which Christmas is supposed to give us kind of hope in, in a season. And there's certain sights and smells and things that we do that kind of brighten uh, our, our life. How many of you guys like have certain like Christmas traditions that you really love to do? Raise your hand. Just just raise, raise it up. OK. How many of you like cutting a fresh Christmas tree is like maybe not yourself cutting it, but buying it off of a lot that they've cut? How many of you fresh? How many of you like give me artificial so I never have to do that again? Like your tradition is opening the box, right? OK. Christmas lights, decorations, we, we like that. We go to certain places. We like to go to neighborhoods. We like to see lights. And there's a sense in which Christmas can be so seasonal because it is. And then you go into stores and the season starts like when? Like July, right? It's right. Like it gets earlier and earlier where January, you're going to think it's still Christmas, but they're just actually advertising for next Christmas. We've got about an 11 month lead in, but that, that's what Christmas feels like. It's seasonal. And the, the, the idea of this time is to bring us out of maybe the normal things that we experience Like Christmas is special. And that's actually something that I really appreciate. On Thursday night, I went to the Americana in Glendale and it snowed soap. Like what says Christmas more than soap snow? Like in Southern California, that's what it's come to. We want snow and it's just going to be soapy. And it like for three hours, it was still in my hair. My kids just thought, and I was like, that's what snow is. It just, just messes up your hair a little bit. Really, dad? No, usually it melts, but in Southern California, it leaves residue. Okay. But even that, like that's part of this time of year. Really go there. I just, I downplayed it, but it's a really cool experience. Okay. I don't, don't, I don't want, I don't want to squash anyone's, you know, experiences, but for us, that that's fun. But these are all the things that, that we do. However, this Christmas for me, and you may be with me in this, there also seems like there's kind of an elevated level of gloom that exists in society and in culture, right? Kind of people just seem like you, you read Facebook feeds and Twitters and, and the news headlines and on the internet, you, there's just the sense of which there's gloom and doom that's kind of just raising up and people are experiencing just this kind of haze of disillusionment, frustration, and I just looked at some headlines a couple weeks ago. This is from the Drudge Report, and you can't really see. But if you, sh you show that up there, uh, I think that's the L.A. Times, but just that's Drudge Report. But uh, there was just reports of outbreaks of people and, and dying with diseases and, and murders and sh school shootings and all these things that are real life. And it doesn't take long for you to kind of find the news. And there's corruption in government, all sorts of things that just every day there are new things. Every day there's new things that weigh on us. And there's this kind of thing in the news and that we see in society and that we see in the media that, that weighs on us, this gloom and this kind of doom and this, this maybe apathy experience. It's just another bad thing, another bad thing, another bad thing. 
And this is just in the news. And then we have things in our own life, like things that we're discouraged about. Sometimes at Christmas, these things can even kind of elevate in our minds and in our hearts because we know that this is a season where we're supposed to feel a certain way. But do you ever feel like more discouraged at Christmas than any other time? Oftentimes it's because we have these expectations. And so there's no shortage of gloom. There's no shortage of things that can depress us. And at Christmas, we actually can't just wipe away our experiences. We can't wipe away the news. Reality is reality. But even in the Christmas and the marketing, what they hope to do is in the seasonal approaches, how do we bring people out of the funk that they're experiencing in their life and maybe in society? And so we're actually marketed in a certain way at Christmas time. One of my favorite marketing campaigns is Coca-Cola at Christmas. Why, you ask? I love polar bears. I don't have a picture of that, but that would have been really awesome. But the, the polar, every time I see the polar bear, I like, oh, it's, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. But Coca-Cola had, had a, a headline, if you could put there, that on the screen. Next one there. Savor the season. Explore the many ways to spread happiness with Coca-Cola this holiday season. This was actually a cool campaign. It was actually different things that you could do to actually help kind of your community and, and different things. But the idea of spread happiness with Coca-Cola. Just as long as you have the Coca-Cola and you're spreading the Coca-Cola, that brings happiness as well. It's part of marketing. There's gloom, but Coke can make it better. Okay. Uh, McDonald's. This, this is one of my favorite ones as well. This is a, another ad. McCafe. Discover a world of irresistible flavors with their exciting range of delicious beverages and indulgent treats. Full of those little somethings that help brighten your day. Your day's a little dark. You need a McCafe. Right? And isn't that kind of how it works? Like a Christmas, like nothing, a little snack can't help. A little Christmas treat. And that's part of the delight. And then you're depressed in January because you've gained 10 pounds. <laughs> this is really, I'm sorry. I'm just, this is really somber so far. <laughs> I'm like ruining everyone's Christmas, okay? But this is real life. And, and the reason I bring this up is because we can't just kind of wipe the slate clean at Christmas. We can't stop real things and hard things. And you're facing them and I'm facing them and the culture around us, the world around us. There's just a lot of hard things people are battling. And at Christmas, so many people put their hope in the season that something magical will happen in the next month that will kind of erase the things that they experience. And it sets people up to just kind of stuff away and hide the things that they're really dealing with. But for Christ followers, this season represents so much more than just a blip in time. It represents hope for people. The reason that we do events at Christmas is we want for the Christmas time to be special for people. But we also want people to realize that Christmas is about a person. And it begins with the first part of Christmas, and that is Christ. And so for those of you who follow Christ, there are people in your life right now, and even yourself, where we have to remind ourselves that he is the hope that we need. He is the hope that we long for. He's not temporary and he's not someone we're just supposed to remember in good times or, or hard times. It's all the time. And we have an opportunity at Christmas to point people to the light of Jesus Christ. And so over this series, we're talking about how a relationship with Jesus 
brightens the future. This is an ongoing relationship that God wants to bless you with as you decide to follow Jesus Christ. And so I want to kind of talk about a scripture today that's found in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, which is written about 700 years before Christ came to earth. And if you're familiar with the Bible, you, you have read the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is written before the New Testament, which the New Testament really is written at the time of Christ. And the four, four books in the New Testament, the, those first four books are about the ministry of Jesus and the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And what the New Testament does, it connects to the Old Testament prophesying about Jesus coming. But sometimes when we read the Old Testament, we fail we just don't know what they were facing at that time. And the people of God, the Israelites, were longing for this Messiah that was proclaimed to come. And they were longing for this light and hope in their darkness. And in the book of Isaiah, this was written 700 years before the coming of Christ. And it's like this, this birth announcement. Now, some of you have had children and you like to be proactive in planning the first birthday and the birthday announcement, all that stuff. Well, the scriptures were 700 years ahead of schedule. Okay. And the idea here is people are longing for this hope and they're longing for this break in the oppression that they experienced, the break of the gloom and the doom. And the scriptures were written in a time to encourage God's people. Hang on. The light will be coming into the world. Trust in God. He will meet you where you are. The light is coming into the world. And he came in the person of Jesus Christ. And at Christmas, that's what we celebrate. But I want to start in the book of Isaiah because it paints this picture of the darkness that the people were experiencing. And the reason I want to bring that up is oftentimes we think Christianity isn't necessarily like center of, of life. It's something that you maybe add on. I have my life and all the things are important and I just add Jesus as another slice of my life. What you find is when you actually decide to follow Jesus, he wants to lead your life. And that changes the outcomes and the goals in each area of your life. And so relationship with Jesus is much more than a season. It's life changing. And the scriptures are written in this time where people needed that change. They needed hope. And I want to kind of read from this book of Isaiah to kind of paint this picture. And it starts in Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9.1 says this. And you'll see it up here on the screen. You can follow along in your, in your handout as well. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. In this specific time, God's people were held captive by the Assyrians. They were experiencing oppression. They were experiencing anything but the light of life. It was dark. It was time of anguish. And it was a time where, where it, was, it was hopeless. And this prophecy of Christ's coming begins right where the people are at. And this idea of there will be no gloom. And those, those two words in the land of uh, Zebulun and Naphtali are the tribal names of this northern part of Israel. The picture is you may be at a place where you don't think God exists, like he can't touch this place that you're in. For the Israelites, it was in this region under captive. For us, it just may be things that we're going through. Things that are weighing on us. It could be big things, it could be small things, but just things in our heart where there's just some gloom, there's some disappointment, there's some discouragement. What the scripture is saying is God 
enters in to every region. And in the darkest places, his light will be known and the, the gloom will be lifted. And he's going to make this, this sea, there's this life, and it's this, this life-giving picture of the sea and the light that's describing will be found in the person of Jesus Christ. So Christmas is a time of celebration because of the gloom that's lifted for all of those who decide to follow him. And this is the way that God is painting this bright future. You always find yourself in those tough places in life where you wish you were where you want to be, but you're not. And there's disappointment or you wish you would have handled something different and you failed and you beat yourself up. You look back at your past and there's just so much disappointment. These are those dark times that we all experience. And Isaiah is saying is you find yourself in these off the beaten path and you're not where you want to be. And God will meet you there and he will make light in that darkness. And then verse two, it goes on. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This light is referring to Jesus's birth. What's even greater about this picture, you know how the star of Bethlehem shone where Jesus was born? It's linked to this picture, the great light, the great light that the Magi, the great light that the shepherds, they all saw. It was shown where Jesus was born. And it represented the light that was born in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And so the light, they had seen this great light. And then those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them, light has shone. Deep darkness. This is what deep darkness would look like. Many times we read the scriptures and we read deep darkness and it's hard to visualize. Now, if I were to close this door back there, it'd get even more scarier. If I was to take the exit sign, we'd start to get concerns because you don't even know. Am I still sitting in this chair? It's so dark. But this is the picture. There's a deep darkness in the original language. It was this idea of you're dwelling in the land of the shadow of death. Like they didn't know how long their life would would live. They didn't know if their captors, the Assyrians would be taken out. They were a brutal people. So they're literally just on watch. Like how, how long are we going to live? And there's just this sense of there is no hope. And what, what God is saying is I, I will bring this light. And it is a great light. Go ahead and, and turn the lights back on. Wake up. Wasn't that long. But th- this is the picture, the darkness. And in the person of Jesus, the light has come. Again, this is 700 years before Jesus came. Speaking of of his birth. And then in verse uh, three, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. And so there's a sense of life with Jesus Christ. There's there's this blessing that that God gives. It's, It's multiplied. And the picture is one of agricultural or picture of victory in battle. God will help you overcome and you will overcome because of his son that he has sent. That is the great light and this joy will be increased. And in verse four, it speaks more for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. You have broken as on the day of Midian. The day of Midian, it refers to a battle that God helped Gideon lead the people to win without fighting. 
So there's a picture of we face so many things that weigh on us. You have them and I have them. They're concerns. They may be nagging like it's kind of in the future, but it's it's concerning us. And it's weighing us down. Some are major things that that you're facing right now and it's weighing you down. There's people close to you that are dealing things that it's beyond them and it's beyond you and it's weighing those people close to you down. So there's this sense of like life without God. It is just a weight that we cannot bear. And there's so much of what happens when we feel that weight that we feel that we have to be stronger and more powerful. And I just have to do better. And if we don't, we just beat ourselves up. Well, I have to be stronger. I have to be more powerful. And I have to just do better. And the cycle continues. And what Isaiah is saying is that this, this is a rod where you're fighting your own battles and you cannot win. Because in the battle of Gideon, I gave them victory and it was not their own. So there's this picture that Jesus comes into your life and the very reflexes change. You realize that you, you can't solve your life. You can't figure out all your problems. You need help beyond yourself. I know in my own life, that's a realization every day. I face things and I try to just do it myself, my own effort. And it's this, this, this rod and this weight of oppression. What he's saying is, in a relationship with Jesus, it is broken. To earning God's favor by your own self-effort, it is broken. That's why Jesus came. The yoke is broken. The rod is snapped. You can't do it. And then in verse 5, the picture goes even further. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. The picture is the armor is not needed because it's not what man has. There'll actually be victories that are won in peace and not in battle. And that's why the picture of Jesus coming is such an interesting counterintuitive thing because you think of this, this light entering and this majesty and this royalty coming and almost this breaking of the oppression. And, and it seems like this picture of just where everyone who's come against God's people, they'll be taken out and God's people will just be lifted up high. And, and he came in a stable in the hay around farm animals. Not quite the picture that you would think. But even that shows that in God's kingdom, his ways are not our ways. And it shows the way of Jesus. It's this, it's this humility. It's access. The shepherds in the field got to see him and draw near to the king of the whole world. He came to the regions in the north part of Israel where the, the book of Isaiah was written in this time and the land that was forsaken. And Jesus was born in this region and this is where his ministry actually started. You see that in Matthew. That's where you read the scripture and you see, well, this was prophesied about Jesus' birth. And then Jesus actually came from this region. How can that be? And it's because it's the hand of God. So this oppression is lifted. This light enters the darkness. And it all points to this Savior who is born. The Savior, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the whole world. And then in Isaiah, it, it, it shifts to naming this specifically what this means. And so God is always painting this bright future. In your darkness, he will bring light. 
in the regions that you think you're alone, he will come. He will draw near. When you're trying to do things in your own resources, he will help you. And you can continue to rely on his strength. For each of us, we have our own thing. We have our own things that we're dealing with. But Isaiah's writing, wherever you're dealing with, whether it's severe oppression, depression, feeling alone, frustration, disappointment, anxiety, fear. God brings help in the person of Jesus. And it goes on and it's God's blessing. It increases for those who make Jesus king. So there's this, this first few verses are the picture of, of the light coming of, of what Jesus, the difference he'll make. And then it goes on and describes if you choose to bow your knee to this king, Jesus, the blessing will increase in your life. And this blessing is not necessarily one where you're going to get just this pile of awesomeness that God gives in materials. But it's the blessing of hope. It's the blessing of he will provide your needs. He will take care of you. He will meet you where you are. It's the blessing of provision, the blessing of himself. That's what we need. So Christmas represents the greatest hope that people could experience in the person of Jesus Christ. No marketing or material or gift can help. It's only the gift of, of Jesus. And so re- read this, this with me, this Isaiah 9, 6. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Go on to verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Again, 700 years, the birth announcement was given. Now, as you put all those verses together, that is a super long birth announcement. Okay? But these names listed are just like a parent would list the name, the first name, the middle name, the last name. Sometimes those names have meanings. And what God is doing through the prophecy of Isaiah is saying, this light will come and here is his name. And there's a description. And you see it up there. If you can go back to verse 6. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Now, remember the time in which this is written. All they saw was the darkness. What God is saying is, I will provide. You choose faith in me and you will get what you long for. You have help with this wonderful counselor. That's what a relationship with Jesus is. It's not distant. It's not distant. God lives in you when you decide to follow him. And he helps you moment by moment, situation by situation, circumstance by circumstance. And the scriptures give this, this advice and help and truth in the moment so you know how to move forward. That's where this counseling comes from. All truth is found in him. Wonderful counselor. And then if you see the next word, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The strength that God has. 
again, is different than the strength that we might think. It's found in a baby, in a stable, in a land where royalty did not come from. But again, the picture is this is not strength according to man by might and powering up over people. This is strength according to tapping into the resources that that God brings. So this is a picture of, of great hope. This everlasting father, you, Jesus came and he is God. But him being fully God, God made him so he would come and be fully man so he could dwell with us and be with us. And that's this picture of what God wants to do. The bright future is not because of these just grand ideas about how God is. The bright future comes because he is with us for all who decide to follow him. He is with us. I don't know about you, but so many times the Christmas season is the busiest season. Where sometimes it's like Christmas Day and then it's after Christmas and then you feel like, oh man, I need to stop to like remember what this season's all about and it's past. You ever experienced that? It's hustle bustle. Shopping, visiting, party, and all this stuff is great. But in the middle of it, the overarching theme is light has come into the darkness. And we actually need to stop and slow down and remember that and keep that kind of at the, the forefront of our mind. I want to do something a little bit different uh, today, okay? Because I'm talking about the busyness and talking about the different things that we're dealing with. And oftentimes, part of where we don't have perspective is we don't actually slow down and ask God for help. And so I want to have a time of reflection uh, today in the service where you can ask God for help in what you're facing. Okay. And there, there's two questions that I, that I want you to ask. And the band's going to come up and they're going to, they're going to play a little bit and just give you some time to think. Okay. So as the, the band makes the, the way up, I, I want to kind of ask these questions and, and have you start thinking about them. Okay. The first question is what are the major sources of gloom that you need to trade uh, for joy right now in your life? Like what, what are some things that you're facing that are filled with gloom? Um, it could be just the news, what's happening in your world, in our world. Like these things could be weighing on you. They're actually really bringing you down. Those could be some source of gloom. It could be some conflict, uh, with, with people close to you, conflict with some family, with some friends. And in this conflict, it's just, it's nagging and it's bothering you. There's maybe a disconnect between you and somebody. Uh, you could be just disappointed people in your life. You wish they would have done something they didn't do. And that disappointment is actually really weighing on you. And it's impacting the relationship you have with them. Uh, it could be just you are experiencing loss. Like the gloom in your life right now is you, you experience loss. It could be the loss of a dream that you've had and it's not coming to fruition. It could be the loss of a person. Maybe you experience a loss where somebody in your life has died and, and there is a kind of this hole in your life or that relationship is lost and it, you don't have it anymore. And there's some gloom there. Uh, it could be just you, you're, you're stuck. You feel like you're, you're not progressing in your life. 
Like you're kind of reliving the same things over and over again. I want you to actually take some time when I'm done to, to just be honest with God. Like what are the areas in your life where there's some darkness? And if you're not yet committed to Christ, then you, you may never have, have asked God anything. You, you could just ask God in this time, like, God, I don't, I don't even know how to think about my life with you in view. Just ask God, like, if you're real, God, will you show me that you're real? That's one of the best prayers you can ask. Just ask God to show you that he's real. So you may, you may want to do that. And then the second question is connected. And that is, what areas of your life need to come under Jesus's rule? Again, most of the time, our reaction to gloom is not surrender to God. It's self-effort. Okay? Most of the time, our initial reaction is, I need to fix it. I need to fix that person. I need to fix the situation. I need to use my power to make this right or to make this better. And the whole time you may be just drifting away from God actually wanting to lead you. And this is what Jesus represents. He came here with us, with the things that we're facing. He can lead us. And so maybe there's just an area in your life, in a a relationship or in your work or with that goal that you have where you're experiencing that loss or with that person or that conflict, whatever it is, maybe you realize, like, I've kind of cut Jesus out. Like, he, I have not asked him what I need to do in this situation. Maybe you're just doing it on your own. So I want to encourage you. Take the time today. Just confess that and, and ask God to help you. Uh, a sample prayer that, that I usually pray is, is something like this. And I think I've got it up on the, the screen. Uh, Jesus, I'm, I'm weighed down right now. I've been trying to do things in my own power. Will you help me trust you with, and then just name the area that you're facing that, that area of gloom, that, that area where you're just trying to do it by yourself. And then I give the outcome to you instead of trying to do it alone. I turn to you for help and I'm willing to do what you tell me to do. Now, this is where Jesus' rule and him coming in the light and his kingdom represents because if you decide to follow Jesus, then you're willing to do what he tells you to do. And sometimes in the gloom that we face, it's, it could be the hard way forward. There could be some decisions and some things that we have to undo the mess that we made. It could be to forgive somebody that we really don't want to forgive or seek forgiveness from somebody that we don't want to seek forgiveness from. But the idea here is To follow Christ means I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And a sample prayer, if you're not yet a follower of Christ, is God, I I want to learn how to follow you. So show me that that you're real and and show me if there's anything in my life that, that you would like to change. One of the ways you know God's real is he begins to point at things that he would change if you decide to follow him. That's where you begin to see this this light enter our lives. And so there, there's some next steps as well that's kind of connected to this. But I want to start, as we're kind of talking about this bright future, this is the real reason we celebrate Christmas. Light in the person of Jesus Christ has entered our world. And I just want to encourage you, let's take the time to savor that, to remember it, to just allow God to speak into 
our own hearts. And so as, as, as Ben leads you in just some music, I just ask, try to focus not on the things that you have on your plate, but on just connecting with God right here and, and right now. Okay, so they're going to play, and then we're going to sing a song back to God, receive our offering, and then we'll conclude our service after that.